Can you hear me? Yes. We just kind of materialized on stage while you were praying. <laughs> we weren't even in the building 30 seconds ago. Um, my name's Simon Soje. This is my beautiful wife, Katrina. Um, we've been married for almost 15 years, come December. Uh, we have three kids. Um, our daughter, Carson, is 10. Uh, Cannon on the left there is eight, and Case is five. This is them on the first day that they all went to elementary school together. So that was a little earlier this year. Pretty exciting. Um, so I'll start off a little bit about me. I grew up in a family with both parents, four siblings, myself included, and we all loved each other, never had a lot of drama uh, that I remember. And our parents raised us up in the faith. Um, we regularly read the Bible, discussed it as a family. But when it came to dating specifically, I was pretty clueless. Um, I bought basically the lies that Hollywood tells us about how you just know when it's true love, um, and that's what I thought I was looking for. So since I'd only dated two girls before I dated Katrina, I never gained really the experience to dissuade me of these myths, um, and this led me to overcommit way too quickly in my dating relationships and not seek a friendship first. Um, and I also sought to get personally validated um, through someone liking me, which always led to massive unmet expectations and disappointment. Let me tell you a little bit about my family. We have kind of opposite stories. I grew up with both of my parents and one older brother, but my family was not close. I had a very volatile relationship with my mom all throughout high school, and my dad was um, pretty passive. He just sat back and watched the family life happen around him as he worked and worked to become a world-famous economist. I knew he cared about me, um, but he never showed any emotion or affection. Thankfully, um, I met the Lord when I was a senior in high school amidst the internal and external chaos that ruled my life. And um, I just knew that I was a sinner and accepted Christ into my life. However, sorry. <laughs> I knew I desperately needed guidance and discipleship to stay on the right path, but both of my parents are atheists, and I didn't get that support and encouragement at home, and I had a really hard time making wise choices. My dating life was very pathetic. I had one boyfriend after another from 14 to 18 years old. Not a single one of them was a believer, and I derived all my self-worth from my relationships. When I first met Simon spiritually, I was in a more solid place. And we were both leading a Bible study at our church during our sophomore year of college. Simon asked me out after um, a football game one Saturday night by saying, I like you, and I think you like me. Is this true? <laughs> it was very romantic. I responded, yes, awkwardly. And then Simon said, what do you want to do about it? <laughs> Simon, then we went and had the DTR talk, or the Define the Relationship, at a park, and he vowed to love God first and me second. Let me remind you that we had only known each other three weeks. I was very weirded out and could not believe that he had just used the L word so soon. This is my first time to ever date a guy who loved God, so I just assumed this was your average DTR look like, what your average DTR looked like. Isn't that how y'all did it? Isn't that how? That's how we do it, right? Um, so our relationship was always dramatic and rocky, um, and the drama started because I realized that I didn't really want to date anyone. Um, I just kind of wanted to do my own thing, uh, and so I kind of immediately saw her as an obligation right off the bat, 
Um, this self-centered, self-serving attitude often played out as my heart overflowed into my speech, um, and I'd be looking for some reason I was unsatisfied in the relationship, um, being unwilling or unable to realize it was a problem with me, uh, I would inevitably find some flaw in Katrina to pick at, right? There's something wrong with you. You're the problem here. And my careless and critical words caused deep wounds in Katrina's heart and uh, many times took us to the brink of breaking up. But neither of us wanted to see the relationship fail simply because of what that would say about us. Um, so we would patch it up and keep on going, but the damage was being done. Even though as a believer now, I still struggled with finding my significance in whom I was dating. So as a result, I never broke up with Simon despite the fact that he treated me poorly. He definitely wasn't my Prince Charming that I thought I deserved, and it was crushing to my pride. So I vowed to change his opinion of me instead of ending an unhealthy relationship. Uh, to try to mend all this hurt that I was causing her, um, instead of doing it in a healthy way, I would tell Katrina that I felt much more strongly for her than I did. So i tell her that I loved her, and I wanted to spend our future together, etc., um, I really liked her reaction whenever I would tell her these dramatic romantic commitment statements. So I got myself stuck in a trap of always upping the ante um, with everything I told her just to get her to fawn over me again. Um, and eventually, this led to us getting engaged. Our engagement was a nightmare, as you can imagine. We got engaged after eight months of dating, and Simon immediately got cold feet. Suddenly, I felt like he wanted nothing to do with me. I planned the entire wedding by myself. Anything I tried to get him to help me with would turn into a major argument. However, I felt like breaking off the engagement would be embarrassing. And in the back of my mind, I felt like we were together for a purpose. I know that sounds weird because um, my parents actually really liked Simon. So I stuck with him even though I knew he did not want to get married. He even tried to postpone the wedding, but I told him, you either marry me when you said you would or we don't get married at all. So... Amidst those romantic, you know, filled with longing circumstances, on December 29th of 2001, we were married. I was 20, she was 21. Uh, it was the middle of our junior year at Texas A&M University. As we drove away from the reception, I saw tears running down her cheeks, um, and I knew why. Uh, and in an oddly compassionate way, I just I reached over just like this, and I was just like, I know. Um, and I did know she did not want to be married to me. He was right. I was crying because I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I just do? And just kind of was mourning that my old life was gone. So when we got back from the honeymoon, I realized that my old life was gone. I was no longer living in my big apartment with my four best girlfriends. I was living in a tiny dump of an apartment with a guy that I didn't even like. We had no community. All of our old friends were still single. We had no one to talk to about our struggles, and so we suffered in isolation. I sought to ease the pain through the excitement of chatting with an old boyfriend online. It was in secret, and so I knew that I was, um, I was doing something wrong the whole time. It never turned into anything physical, but it was definitely inappropriate. And even though Sam and I both loved the Lord, there was no spiritual oneness in our marriage. There was some good days when we would have fun on little dates, but mostly we continue to disappoint each other through our unmet expectations. I remember sitting on the floor of our apartment, kicking the door and screaming, I wish we could get a divorce. During the entirety of our relationship, we both knew Jesus, and honestly, it protected us from things getting much, much worse. But we had no spiritual unity, and we were not seeking him together as a couple. We were both operating from complete self-centeredness. 
So at this point, things were pretty bad. Um, after six months of a really miserable marriage in college, um, I was about at the end of my rope. And I remember I was sitting at my desk in our office in our apartment. It's so clear. Um, and I was sitting there. I was doing, I was spending mental energy, devoted mental energy to think of how I could manipulate Katrina into loving me the way that I wanted her to love me. It was mostly centered around guilt and, and logic to make her realize how she should, you know, love me the way I wanted to be loved. Um, and, you know, I realized how messed up I was acting, like just the mental processes that were going on. Um, and God let me like take a step back and take an objective look at myself. And the, the, you know, it wasn't a voice, but the impression I got was if someone were treating me and thinking about me the way that I were thinking about her, I would hate that person, right? I would hate someone if they thought about me the way that I thought about her. Um, and I just realized that I was destroying my marriage. And it's so funny, I'm sitting here trying to think of all how I could convince her she's destroying our marriage, and it was totally me. Um, and once I, I realized that, which I think God just opened my eyes to see, um, he just kept peeling back the onion. Once he's like, hey, if you're willing to accept that, how about this? Um, and, and he just uh, showed me that all of my efforts to make Katrina do what I want were completely selfish and completely fruitless. And I realized that I was pushing her away and destroying my marriage. Um, and so God just broke me. And I said to him, I'm done doing things my way. Um, it's completely ineffective. It doesn't work out. So I've got nothing to lose. I'll do whatever you want me to do. So soon after that, we moved to Dallas. I confessed to Simon that I didn't think we were meant to be together, that he was not my Prince Charming. And he said to me that we actually were meant to be together because we were married. And God's plan for us was that we stay together because he hated divorce. And after that, I realized that I had not been all in the whole time. I had been focusing on my unmet expectations and not on being the wife that God had intended for me to be. I wanted to be happy instead of to be made holy. And so I made a commitment that day to work hard at loving Simon. So after God showed me how selfish I was being, he started to show me what it meant to trust in him, uh, which seems like a funny place to start in your marriage. But um, really Philippians 2, 3, and 4 um, stood out to me during that time. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility of mind, value others as more important than yourself. Not looking only to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. Now, that's a terrifying prospect in marriage because you've got somebody else sitting next to you um, and you're supposed to put them first because they're always around, you know? Um, and so I no longer tried to use words to manipulate Katrina, um, but instead I tried to use them to build her up. And I no longer sought just to win fights, um, but to seek unity through conflict resolution. And I began to be able to ignore hurtful comments she would make for the sake of hearing the hurt that was actually in her heart. God gave me a heart to follow Simon and support him and a desire to have a strong marriage. He matured me. It was not about being right and winning. It was about having peace. And it, it was about striving to meet his needs. God just gave me the right perspective on my responsibilities as a wife and the weight of those responsibilities in front of a watching world like my parents. Since we've been in Dallas, we have plugged in um, to Watermark and surrounded ourselves with community. Um, and we are, in our group, we're all seeking to have stronger relationships with the Lord and stronger marriages. We can't hide our bad behavior in isolation anymore. We have confidence in knowing that we can't get too far 
off track without someone noticing that we're not doing well and calling us out. And we are constantly learning from other couples as they love each other well and work through the same issues that we are working through. God has given us such a passion for his power in marriage that now Sam and I lead foundation groups. We've kind of plugged in there. For, and foundation groups are Watermark's newly married community groups. Um, we're on our fifth group because that's just what we've done because we have such a passion for newly married couples since we lived in isolation for so long. And our heart is that we would help them get off to a good start and hopefully avoid some of the pain and um, that we suffered through living in that lonely place the first few years of our marriage. Yep. Um, so here are three ways that Katrina would say that I've changed in our marriage. So first, I used to be offended if Katrina poked fun at me at all um, or if she laughed at something that happened to me, like if I put the milk on the fridge instead of like in the fridge where it belongs or if I fell off the treadmill at the gym, true story, um, you know, because she was taking a jab at my identity because I needed her to think I was awesome all the time. Uh, but now I'm able to laugh too. You know, the, the Lord has um, made me take myself not so seriously. And we laugh with each other. Uh, we have so much more fun together. And we've got inside jokes. Don't take ourselves too seriously. A second thing would be I used to let Katrina handle hurt by herself. Um, when we had first moved to Dallas, Dallas, we had a miscarriage and she thought she was miscarrying her second child, which thankfully she did not. Um, I just let her, I was like, man, that's, I don't know, you even know how to respond to that. You know, like, hey, I, I don't even know. Um, but now I encourage her to express her fears and I try to engage her in them. Uh, and I pray for her daily. I know what is going on in her world. Um, I just, I make it my concern. Um, and the third thing would be, I used to only care about sex, how to get it, when I could get it, how many times I could get it. Um, I didn't care about her at all. And uh, by no means do we have that all figured out now, but we're striving towards a sex life that's focused on loving the other person first and not just getting our own needs met. Here's a couple ways some would say I have matured in our marriage. I used to struggle with just admiring and respecting Simon, but now I want to let him know how much I love him and appreciate his hard work for our family. I want to publicly praise him so that there's no question in his mind that I'm thankful he's mine. Also, I used to be very frustrated by Simon's lack of follow-through or leadership, but now we've become a team, and I like to fill in the gaps. If time management is his problem, then I want to help keep him on track. I like to think that I'm his executive assistant. My spiritual gift is to equip him to lead our family really well. It's pretty cool. I feel like I have my own PR firm because she says nice things about me on Twitter and Facebook, and that's just really sweet. Um, I love uh, that I don't need to have all the answers for how to make my marriage work. Um, all I have to do is read God's Word and do what it says, and he takes over from there. Um, so... A verse that's been meaningful to us is, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Um, so it says, don't worry about tomorrow, for it will have its own worries. Um, I guess some encouragement would be, when your marriage seems overwhelming and hopeless, there's too much hurt to go on, um, take it one day and one decision at a time, and make that decision to trust God step by step. Um, I think that's it for us. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us.
Simon and Katrina, thanks so much for sharing y'all's story. And, um, you know, some of the things I heard them saying as they were sharing, I feel like we can kind of all relate and put our own what kind of in the middle of it. You know, I heard them say, um, hopefully it wasn't as you're driving away from your wedding, but at some point you might have thought, hey, this was a mistake. Like, what did I do? I can't believe that I'm married to him. Can't believe I'm married to her. Why did we make this decision? And then later on, Katrina shared, hey, we weren't meant to be together. Like, I, something I've realized as we've lived life together again, whether it's six months, six years, or 16 years, you know, we're just not, we're not meant to be together anymore. They talked about unmet expectations that they have for one another that was causing a rift between the two of them. And as you think about all these things, they, just, they shared this um, at different points of their story. They just talked about how so many of those were rooted in their own selfishness on what their expectation was for their husband, what their expectation was for their wife, um, what their expectation was for each other. And when that expectation wasn't met, they became disappointed. And that disappointment didn't move them to a place of understanding each other better so they could love each other better, but just saying, hey, you're not meeting my needs And so therefore, I'm either going to have to manipulate you or control you to meet my needs or go meet my needs somewhere else because the most important thing is my needs, my happiness being met. And the reality is that all of our sin at the end of the day is rooted in selfishness. It's us worshiping ourselves. It's us wanting something for ourselves, either outside of God's time or outside of God's place. And we just try to go find that. And if we do that, we're going to end up hurting ourselves and hurting others along the way. And their their solution for this wasn't to stop thinking about themselves less or stop staring at themselves less, but it was to stare and focus on something much more fixed and much more meaningful than themselves, and that was Christ. They talked about how their relationship with God and looking to God's word, and then as they were able to move up here to Dallas, surrounding themselves with God's people to help them work through this disappointment that they're going to meet. And and I bet if they came back up here, they could share a number of disappointments, missed expectations that they've had over the last month, and just say, hey, we're still hurting each other, we're still wounding each other, but the difference is, is, is where are we going to find a solution for that? Are we going to try to manipulate and change the other person? Are we going to go try to meet our needs somewhere else? Or are we going to look to God to draw a circle around ourselves and say, okay, Lord, what, what do I need to own in this? Fix me, help me stay committed, and help me do this in life with other people. And so and that's the difference between them, you know, back in uh, 2001 and now in 2016. And we just want you to know that, that that's the difference of folks, every single couple, that even though they didn't come through re-engage, that's what happens in re-engage, is it's an opportunity to focus on Christ, to realize that the problem, you know, isn't your spouse, and the solution is not going to be you trying to fix your spouse, but it's drawing a circle around yourself and just asking God, Lord, change me.